uh, every morning before I get out of bed, I pray this. I pray, uh, come Holy Spirit, fill me for this day and give me eyes to see what you're doing and let me join you in what you're doing around me. And the reason I say that prayer every morning is, first of all, I believe that the Spirit needs to empower me moment by moment for everything I do. But it's it's also getting my heart set to say, Shayla, don't be an idiot today. Don't miss what the Father's doing around you. Like, don't get so busy doing the work of ministry that you miss the people of ministry. Welcome to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast, Resurgence Initiatives Podcast. Our heart is to see a movement of leaders released in all spheres of society and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Never before has there been such a need for good leadership. We're on a journey to be equipped, encouraged, and empowered. Join our conversations as we talk spirit-empowered leadership and see God's kingdom at work through God's people everywhere they go. Hey, welcome back to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. My name is Travis Salonia. This is Donovan Beyer. Hello. And uh, we are so excited to come back at you with another episode and another amazing interview. Uh, This has been a a really cool journey of just growing, growing Mm -hmm. ourselves as leaders. Hopefully it's been beneficial to you. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear that you're part of this journey with us. Um, share it, send us a comment, go to liveresurgence.com and you, there's a form. Just just say, hey, uh, I'm listening. And this is something that really speaks to me um, about the journey and uh, would, would love to hear from you. Um, again, Donovan, how's your day going so far? Oh, it's going all right. Yeah, I'm just uh, getting over a cold still, but uh, that's okay. It's been <laughs> it's been good. Sometimes when you get sick, it forces you to rest a little bit. And I think that's what I needed. <laughs> Yeah, you're also dealing with, you told me before, about a furnace going out. And so yeah. do you have heat in your house right now? Well, we don't need it. Thankfully, it's still warm enough that we only had turned the furnace on mostly to make sure it was working. And good thing we did. <laughs> oh, crazy. Some of those things can be such problems and cost so much money. And it's not probably how you spent, wanted to spend your weekend. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it, it kind of ties into the conversation we're going to have today because one of the things I did when our furnace wasn't working is I posted to Facebook about it and I said, hey, anyone have good recommendations of somebody or a furnace company? And like, it's literally like, you probably saw it, Travis, just like 30 people underneath like this, with this, with this one. Because when people have a good experience of something, they want to share it, right? And uh, today we're going to talk about a word that's kind of scary, but that word is evangelism. And uh, what does it look like to share our faith? What does it look like to be um, representing Jesus wherever we go. And um, w- when you love something, when you've had a good experience with something, you can't help but share it. And so uh, I think it kind of ties into evangelism. But yeah, what I know, Travis, that evangelism is a really important word for you. And in some ways, it's a big part of your calling. Um, but uh, yeah, what, what comes to your mind when you think about evangelism? Uh, I think, you know, it's sharing my, my faith with others. It's, it's pointing to Jesus, pointing to the goodness of God and, and inviting others into that, that dialogue. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wouldn't have said when I was young and in high school that I was an evangelist. I, I never really um, thought that. But then God just kind of doors kept opening. We did a high school assembly. People came to Jesus. And I was like, how are they coming to Jesus? And I think I continue and I continue to this day to realize it's it's not about us. It's not about God uses our story. God uses um, the words he's given us. God uses us even when we don't have that crazy testimony. I used to think because I don't have that testimony because we used to have people come to our church, Donovan. And I'm sure you had this that were like they were in gangs and they were they lived in the life of addiction and they had all these. And then God showed up and it changed our life. And it was amazing. And, and you know, they were children's child soldiers in another part of the country or world and like all these things. And then Jesus showed up and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. came and I was like, I didn't have that story and so god how could you use my story how could how could but yet you know he has and and i think that's something i've learned is our stories matter that Mm -hmm. that 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 our lives even our leadership journey and what we're on god god uses those things he uses the circumstances we've been through um the trials the circumstances the stuff that we don't even think is that big of stuff It, it, Mm -hmm. it it matters and impacts someone's life when we share it 
And I'm really excited today, as you said, to talk evangelism and talk uh, somebody who's been an incredible leader in evangelism in the country of Canada, Shayla Visser, but also um, globally. She is being used um, through Alpha. She has uh, been on some incredible stages. I was at a conference down in um, Jacksonville, Florida. She was speaking at, um, she speaks all over the world. And um, yet my wife, Jess, and I were with her in a conference in Winnipeg. And she is so just down to earth and normal and just cares about the one, cares about not just the big ministry and the big leadership mantle and all that she's doing, which is tremendous. She cares about, let's just talk to the one. And mm -hmm. I just, I love that about her. And I'm not sure she would even say I'm a big evangel. I'm the evangelist. I, I, it's, it's more a relational. She's just a person mm -hmm. like all of us are called to be, isn't it? Like we're all mm -hmm. called to just go and share our faith. And whether it's to the part of the world or whether it's to the Starbucks or to the person across the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to... Uh... To, to Shayla's story and how God's been at work through her and the ways that she can speak into our own stories. And uh, yeah, like Travis said, she's works with an organization called Alpha, and I'm sure she's going to take time to explain what Alpha is all about if you don't know anything about Alpha. But uh, it's an amazing organization, and uh, God's done some incredible things through it. And so even uh, even as you're listening to her, maybe think about how you can be praying for Alpha and connecting in with them. Um, but yeah, why don't we just hop into this conversation? We are so excited today to have Shayla Visser on the Spirit Empowered Leader podcast. Shayla is the National Director of Alpha Canada. She's also the Global Senior Vice President for Alpha International from Vancouver. She is a, an amazing leader, but also a friend. And Shayla, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Travis. So good to be with you and Donovan. I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation. Tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I, I gave you a little bit of snapshot on your bio, but tell, tell us a little bit more about Shayla. Sure. You know, based in Vancouver, married to my husband, Ryan, for 24 years. He's a Vancouver cop. It keeps me honest in the Christian world of not sounding too weird. Uh, and he and I have been really happily married for like, yeah, for sure, 21 of those 24 years. And um, my parents immigrated from India. Uh, my mom is British, uh, but she was living in India when she met my dad. So we have that immigrant story in our background and as part of my lineage. But I am very, very happily um, based here in Vancouver, even though I grew up in Ontario. Well, if I was to describe it as a Venn diagram, I'd probably say I care a great deal about evangelism. That is my passion point. That is what my life is all about, is how do we help people meet Jesus? But I love leadership development. I love seeing young leaders with all sorts of potential, sometimes the potential they can't even see in themselves. And I can spot it and call it out and help cultivate their confidence in it. So you think of evangelism and leadership development, then culture, what's happening in the culture? What do we have to be paying attention to so that we can actually bring the good news of Jesus to our world? So I'm thinking about all those things. I'm, I'm thinking about the values and the culture that we live in at Alpha. And then I'm also thinking about what is our vision and what is the future um, going to be like and what is our role to play in it. God has roles for all of us, but what is our specific calling for Alpha in Canada and around the world? And then I love to think then about how do we innovate? So all these things are at play as I lead, leadership development, evangelism, culture, innovation, a future, um, a little bit of the prophetic in there, just, you know, wondering God, what do we do to join you in what you're doing in the world? And I, I was just thinking, like, we know what Alpha is, but there may be some of our listeners that maybe they're hearing about Alpha for the first time. Like, what could you just describe really briefly for us kind of what, what is Alpha? Well, let me just give you the vision of Alpha. It's the uh, evangelization of the world or for us in Canada, in Canada. So evangelization of our nation the revitalization of the church and the transformation of society. So just like a fairly large vision. Um, mm. But we have a tool called Alpha. It's a course that people can take that are learning about spirituality. It's very different from an investigative Bible study. It really is meant as a welcoming space where people can come and ask questions, uh, hear about the good news of Jesus, but have a facilitated discussion, have food together. So they experience 
great Christian community, hospitality, welcome. They have food together, they watch a talk, and then they discuss. And then we have an alpha weekend, three quarters of the way through, that's all about the Holy Spirit. And lots of people will say, and I kind of agree with them, if you do alpha, really it's about a weekend and it's got a few weeks before and a few weeks after that mm. get people ready to come to a weekend and then explain what happened on the weekend. Cause as we okay. know that we provide a space on our alpha weekends where people can encounter the living God through the spirit. And so when we do these, these encounter weekends, um, the alpha weekend or the alpha day, that's when many people come to faith in Jesus because, uh, the Holy Spirit is very good at circumventing the mind, not to say we don't want people making decisions of the mind. They make decisions of the mind, but sometimes the mind can get in the way of the heart and the Holy Spirit weekend just helps. So we love seeing so many people come to faith on Alpha and about 30 million people have done Alpha around the world. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard so many stories like this, but there's a guy in our in our city who runs a ministry that uh, is ministering to people on the streets. And his story is he moved here from Ontario. He went for a walk one day and the church, uh, our church had a sign. It just said, you know, do you want to know more about life and God come to Alpha? And I don't know where he was at his faith journey at the time. I think he obviously was open to God, but he wasn't a believer. And he came to Alpha. He got saved. God radically saved him, him saved his family. And it's amazing because now we're seeing just awesome impact. Um, and, and I know that his story is one of so many. Uh, I just It's just amazing what Alpha's been doing. It's so fun to watch it, isn't it? I live for, you know, sitting in a small group, hearing people ask their questions, hearing people really wrestle it out, and then finding on this journey that many, not all, but many come to faith in Christ. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, it's so cool to see the impact. And I want to I kind of fast forward on your journey. We're talking about what you're doing now, but I, I want to hear your leadership story in a sense of how kind of the spirit has brought you um, to where you are today. And that kind of, um, did you just wake up one day and you were the national the global senior vice president of Alpha or how did you get here from, you said, from an immigrant family? Well, I was very fortunate, uh, blessed to be raised in an Anglican church in rural Ontario. When it was full, it was 80 people, and it was rarely full except for Christmas and Easter. But the wonderful thing about it was a charismatic Anglican church. So I grew up with a charismatic mother. My father didn't start going to church on a regular basis or give his life to Jesus till I, he, I was 17. So he... Um, was in his 40s at that point. And my mom, though, raised us in the church and we had wonderful community. And so I really think small churches, not just the big, big expressions of faith in Christian gatherings, can be so impactful because my siblings and I and other friends in the church, we've all grown up to love and follow Jesus our whole lives. And I really think it's because we were really discipled and loved well in a small community church. So that's my roots is the Anglican church. I now go to an evangelical church because when I met my husband, who's Christian reform, he was like, I don't know what the Anglican church likes. So now we go to um, an evangelical church in Vancouver. Uh, I would say I landed up as the national director of Alpha Canada because the Lord called me many, many years ago to give my life to helping more people uh, meet Jesus. That's just been my whole life's calling. And interestingly, there was this leadership calling that was just kind of natural for me. I'm the oldest child. I'm the oldest grandchild. I was always given responsibility. <laughs> I then went to university. I went to the University of Western Ontario here on college. I ran Frosh Week for like, you know, bunch of new students coming in in my second year. And then going into my last year of university, I ran Frosh Week for 5,000 students as my job. And you could just see this, this God anointing of leadership that I couldn't even see as clearly as I could see now. It's like looking backwards, you can see how God's given you gifts and skills and talents and experiences that lead you to the place you are now. But I had no idea that I would end up here. What I just knew is that I wanted to use everything the Lord had put in my hands for his glory and to introduce more people to Jesus. So I've had lots of fits and starts along the way, but I will tell you when the Lord wants you to be somewhere, he's going to make it very uncomfortable for you to choose anything else. And if I'm to be honest, I'm going to age myself now. Uh, my dream job was working for the Toronto Raptors in the NBA, and I wanted to get into sports management. 
And the Lord would not let me say yes to it. I mean, it felt the most uncomfortable pain. I knew if I said yes to that job opportunity when they first started, like, you know, ground level, getting into a franchise when it's just starting versus Christian ministry where you have to raise support, like that was just like a no brainer for me. But the Lord really just said, no, I'm calling you here and will you be obedient? And so my experience of all of my leadership calling to different roles has been, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Fine. I'll do it. And then later on discovering that I love it. And so when young people say to me, uh, hey, I'm trying to figure out what, what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I say, don't always rely on feelings. They can sometimes be deceptive because mm -hmm. my feelings would have led me in a very different direction. And so I love it when God calls and people feel excited and passionate, but that has never been my experience. And so how, how do you navigate that? I'm thinking of a, a person. I just talked to a guy the other day. He's in his career trying to navigate. I feel like God's calling me to something else and I'm trying to navigate. How, how do you navigate that? Because it is, you know, we live in a culture where, um, especially in North America, where it seems like the comfort has been our guide. So if things are easy, that must be God calling us. And if things are harder, I don't know if God would call us to harder things, which in other parts of the world, it's generally the opposite. You know, when it's hard things, that's where God's calling it. And so, um, yeah, how, how do you navigate that? Because you're right, the feelings, you you, you stumbled in, you, you said yes to the things God was calling you. That wasn't easy. And yet you can look back and see that. So how do you know that, discern that? I think that um, there are seasons where God allows you to stay in a place of comfort, right? I know what I'm doing. I'm here to do this. But then as soon as you start to feel that uh, unsettledness in your soul, that perhaps there's something else you need to, you need to run after it. And what the Lord is doing is likely he's uh, dislodging idols in your soul wow. that have kept you in the comfort zone, zone for too long. And it's very uncomfortable. I know it from personal experience. It's painful. And he dislodges that. And oftentimes, especially those in leadership positions or feel they're being called into new streams of vocation or new opportunities, is as soon as you feel uncomfortable, that's usually a sign the Lord's on the move. Because he's calling you to be faithful because he is faithful. He's calling you to trust him because he's always been trustworthy. And as soon as I feel fear in my soul about something, I'm usually like, okay, I better figure out what that is. And my executive coach just recently asked me this question and I loved it. He said, when was the last time you were scared? And he didn't mean like fearful of the world as it is. He meant scared because the opportunity before you required the Lord's intervention to make it work. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, that I want to be scared more often. And so I think that unsettledness in your soul is the Lord starting to speak. That's really cool. And and since you uh, said yes to Jesus with Alpha and you've been with that amazing organization, like what are some of the, yeah, what are some of the ways that he's grown you or stretched you as a leader and, uh, and kind of what's your process been as you've moved into the role you're in now? I think there's different seasons in leadership. So I've been uh, the, the national director for Alpha Canada for 13 years. And when I first came on board in 2010, um, it was like a regrowth period. We'd come through the initial launch of Alpha Canada under a different director. There'd been great work done, excellent work, but we sort of plateaued and started to head in the wrong direction in terms of number of courses, churches running Alpha. And the board hired me to kind of do that turnaround because I could see all the potential that was there. Well, maybe not all, but a lot of potential that was there. And what I realized is at different points in your leadership journey, it requires different things of you. But let me tell you what is consistent through it all. Consistency is humility before God and a dying to self-reliance. The hardest thing for me, uh, for those of you who know the Enneagram or maybe you do Berkman or all these different tests, everything says I'm an activator going for it. And for me to die to myself and be less self-reliant has been the hardest part of my entire journey, regardless of what season I'm in. So I'd say that's one principle. You are going in, in all forms of leadership, you die to yourself. The second thing then is you must always have a vision that you couldn't accomplish if the Lord wasn't in it. You must always have that vision. 
that you couldn't accomplish if the Lord wasn't in it. Because if you're just trying to do what you can do, well, that's just self-reliance again. The third thing I'll say that's always been true is I've always had to surround myself by great leaders. Some of them are in the business world. Some of them are in ministry world. Some of them are spiritual director types. Um, but surround yourself with great leaders who are always further down the track than you are because they will never let you get too comfortable. They will always stretch your understanding. And then the last thing I'd say is be very clear on your values, regardless of the season, your personal values that should be kingdom oriented under the kingship of Jesus are always consistent. They may be refined because you learn more about the king and his kingdom, but they should be consistent for your whole life. And so the longer your leader, the more the values become absolutely critical. And second to that is the vision. And third to that is the actual vehicle. Where are you working? What are you doing? So that's a few things about leadership that I've learned. That's so good. And it's it's interesting you say that because when we talk spirit-empowered leadership, there's this, there's this kind of line between, you know, and we've talked with some of other guests about being super practical, but also supernatural. Also, there's this, there's stuff you have to do and stuff you have to carry out and stuff in your own natural ability, um, gifts that God has given you, which are good gifts, but then also that it's easy to make stuff happen on our own. If we're not relying, going, God, we need, this isn't your ministry. This isn't your call. This isn't, uh, you know, um, and so how have you had to navigate that where it's like, okay, the spirit is speaking and I need to, even though on, like you said, I have to kind of surrender and die to the uh, activator, get it done. Well, I can make this happen to kind of go, this vision's bigger. It scares me. It's, it's gotta be a God thing. And to always kind of be in that posture. Cause sometimes in leadership, it can get, we can kind of get into maybe comfort zone or a, or a, okay, well, we figured this out. You've done it for a few years. You know how to raise the money and talk to the right people and you have the right connections. And so you can kind of do it because you've done it. And yet there's this always this push to go, okay, what's the actual, the spirit saying? So yeah. How, how do you navigate that and always keep yourself, how, maybe some examples of that? Yeah, well, I'll say, first of all, for us as an organization, we have a spiritual rhythm to the year. And we know in uh, sometime in July or August, we're going to invite the whole staff to fast for one week. And we listen for words of knowledge, pictures, scripture verses, um, visions, whatever, from all members of the staff. And it goes into one document. Sometimes people call me because they want to flesh out what they wrote. But what it is, is it prepares our strategic leadership team then to go to an offsite. We take that with us. We've all fasted and prayed and said to the Lord, okay, this is what we think we're supposed to do next year or for the next three years. But we submit it to your authority and we will change it in whatever way you want. And so we come out of that, we go into an offsite where we've first of all discussed that, prayed over what we've heard. And then we go into that really practical planning. But even during that practical planning, we'll stop and pray, we'll stop and pray. We hold our strategic plan as our plan that we believe the Lord's given to us, but we do so under an umbrella of deep prayer, uh, attentive to the spirit. And so we, we would often say to people that we are data informed. We take the data that, that we can see, but we're spirit led. And there's a real beautiful balance when you take those two things. The data never trumps the spirit, but we do say that the data informs us as we're listening to the spirit. And I think that's what, you know, in the book of Acts, when it, sees, when it's, it says, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what leadership looks like, is balancing those two things out to say, how do we see what's in the world and around us and use, as you said, Travis, the skills and experience God's given us while submitting to the work of the Spirit. The Spirit knows what the Father wants to do in the world. Why on earth would any ministry leader ever, well, actually any Christian, if you're in the workplace, why would you ever burn out on doing human work? Like, it's just nonsense. So I say to ourselves, to our staff, we only want to do the things that the Spirit tells us to do because he knows what the Father is doing. I want to run an organization and join um, hands and link arms with great leaders across the country, great staff, great donors, 
and that all want to see the Lord Jesus lifted up and they all want to do so in a way that is abiding in Christ so that we have fruit that lasts. Life is too difficult. Ministry is too hard to produce fruit that won't last. So I'd rather produce the fruit that lasts. So those are a few things that I think about when, when I think about the rhythm of an organization. But let me talk about the rhythm as a person. Uh, the rhythm as a person is what does my daily rhythms look like? What do my weekly rhythms look like? And what do my annual rhythms look like? So whether you're in Christian charity leadership or whether you're in the church or whether you're in business or um, you have some sort of other kind of career, you're a teacher, you're a doctor, you need to be thinking about what are my spiritual rhythms that allow me to come under on a regular basis the Lordship of Jesus in many different ways throughout the year so that when I have to make big decisions, the little moment by moment walking with Jesus has allowed me to make the bigger decisions in a better informed way. Well, that's so good. And I just, uh, I'm often thinking of John, you know, it says multiple times in the book of John that Jesus only did what he sees the father doing. And it's just like, I, I love that you're providing us a little bit of a practical framework to actually do that. Cause I think that can almost sound so mystical and out there, but the reality is no, it's all about that relationship. It's all about that everyday, you know, discernment and uh, intentionality. Uh, but I, I want to dive in a little bit. You, you've mentioned it already a couple of times, but having a vision that is so big that uh, we can't achieve it without God's intervention. And um, cause I know when you spend that time with the Lord and when he's leading you, he might in those times reveal something that seems way outside the box, way outside what we could expect. Um, but do you have any stories or any like ways that you've seen God move where you were like, Hey God, if you don't come through, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh gosh. So many Donovan. So Amazing. many. I'll, We'd love I'll take to hear you. you. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got some right now, like literally uh, like, Lord, are you sure? Because I don't know how to do that. And that's, I, I honestly think the spirit delights when I say, are you sure? Because <laughs> um, this is scary and I've never done this before. But back in 2010, when I became the national director, um, I really knew we had to make alpha work for young people in the country. Like I'm talking teenagers. And when I'm thinking about how do we reach teenagers, I knew that alpha globally and in Canada wasn't positioned in such a place to really... Um, increase our influence and impact in that space. And then I met Jason Ballard, who went on to really uh, be the brains with Ben Woodman and the creative heart behind what became Alpha for, for Youth, both nationally and globally. But I remember in the early days, I was calling a friend of mine who'd been like produced TV shows and movies and stuff. And I'm calling him saying, I've never done this. I mm. don't know what to do. He was my 911 call because I'd be like, we're raising a lot of money to produce this. I have no experience. Jason has no experience. Ben has no experience. Alpha Canada's board doesn't have experience, but we're still going to do it. Hmm. And it was walking step by step. There were moments that I really lost some serious sleep over it because I was risking my reputation hmm. on two young men who'd never proven themselves in this area. I was risking my own reputation as a brand new leader that this was going to work. And we were risking our reputation as an organization. So I had every risk possible in front of me. And yet the vision was beyond that wow. to say, if we do this, what could happen? Hmm. And what God did is not only in Canada, do we go from running 78 alphas for youth every year. When we launched the project um, and the product in the fall of 2013, we had 900 alphas for youth running in Canada alone. Wow. It went to 47 countries, 29 languages. It's reached 3 million kids around the world. Like, wow. you know, what, what seemed like a massive risk was so worth it at this point. Cause I can look back and say, Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we got to be part of that, that we got mm. to um, lead globally in this. Mm -hmm. But what's the most amazing part is he enabled all of us to take greater steps of faith, the board, myself, our leadership team and Jason and Ben, because we really believed we had seen what was possible if we wow. did this together. So that's one very practical example with great results. And I'm really thrilled with what happened. But if I think back to how I felt at the time when none of it was proven, it was really scary, to be honest. It was really scary. And I had to um, put to death my own need to look great as a leader. Hmm. to take the risk to see this happen. Wow. 
But I have another testimony for you. There's a, a student who's part of our ministry. He's a high school student. And uh, I believe he's got the gifting of evangelism. But he uh, last year he ran Youth Alpha at his school and he had a pretty good turnout. But he had two, he said two or three kids gave their lives to Jesus for the first time. And then Amazing. this year he's doing it again. And uh, he had over 80 students show up for the first one yeah, at his high school. Well, Donovan, can I just say to that, that if you were to ask me what I sense the Lord's doing in our nation, I think he's calling up a generation. I think the spiritual hunger that we're seeing coast to coast from young people is so outstanding. When when I know like uh, my peers who are parents of, of, you know, people in their 20s and people in their teens are looking, they don't necessarily see the same kind of hope that we're seeing because they're not seeing it nationally. They're not seeing it across the church traditions. And we are just seeing the Holy Spirit move. Like, I really believe in my lifetime, we're going to see the Lord do something we've never seen in the last 30 or 40 years. And so you telling me that story just fires me up again, that would the church awaken to what's happening in this next generation? Would the church awaken to be supportive and encouraging and pay for pizza for that young evangelist in that school? And pray for those schools would would there be prayer teams that say we are going to walk as a couple after after uh, dinner every night you know every wednesday because they're running alpha on thursday are we going to prayer walk around the school you know adopt a school in prayer adopt the kids in your in your uh youth group pray for them i mean sorry you're just going to get me passionate now donovan because this is the future of the church in our world and they are excited they are excited and they are curious about faith come on even even as we were praying about a year ago do we do this podcast you were one of the first people we reached out to and you said hey let's book it in for the fall and but you said this you said the conversation about leadership is what we need to be having right now and yeah. and i just really felt like um, you know, they, there's a lot of quotes from famous people saying, hey, the future of a nation is its leaders, um, where a nation goes, the leaders go. And I just I think it, it is it, you're right. You can turn on the news and you can turn on all that's going on and you can fear the future. Um, but then also God's given us the ability to create, to dream, to, you know, I think of those guys in Genesis that, uh, you know, with the cool names, Tubal Khan and, and Jabel and Jubal and all these names in early Genesis that they like made the first, you know, tents and the first, um, all, all these things. And so, um, I just think, you know, what do you sense? And I'm thinking of someone that's listening, that's maybe in the church as a leader, but also those, how as leaders do we raise up the next generation? Do we pour in like how you said, you know, you're excited about future leaders and pouring in and raising up. What are some ways that you've done that or ways that you look and see and find those leaders? Um, because I think in every job, in every field, there there are people under us or people around us that God has put, but sometimes we don't even see them or we don't take a moment to stop our view and go, hey, we need to pour into someone else. Well, here's my prayer, Travis. Uh, every morning before I get out of bed, I pray this. I pray, uh, come Holy Spirit, fill me for this day and give me eyes to see what you're doing. And let me join you in what you're doing around me. And the reason I say that prayer every morning is, first of all, I believe that the Spirit needs to empower me moment by moment for everything I do. But it's it's also getting my heart set to say, Shayla, don't be an idiot today. Don't miss what the Father's doing around you. Like, don't get so busy doing the work of ministry that you m miss the people of ministry. And so I've really taken that approach that, God, please stop me in my tracks if I'm missing people. So it really is about eyes up. And leaders, it's very easy to be focused down because you're doing your work. You know the, the pressure of what you're under to accomplish and to um, achieve and to get results, et cetera. But as soon as you lift your eyes up, you see people. And so the first thing is pray in the mornings. God, let me join you in what you're doing every day. Come Holy Spirit. The second thing is lift your eyes and look out and look around you every day. Be cognizant of who you're around. Third, be an encourager. Always spot great things about someone. It may just be like you think they're wearing the coolest shoes and you've just seen them at church. Like I, I really 
see such huge potential in the church when grandmas and grandpas are able to love well the teenagers and the children in the church that they are unrelated to. That they are just the ones that encourage and love and speak truth to, but with so much joy and they spot the good things in someone. So encourage. And then lastly is pray for them. Pray for them. That if you start to do all four of those things, God will open up opportunities for you to have a greater impact in someone else's life that's in a different age category than you are. You could be 85 and you'll say, I don't know one 12-year-old. Gosh, go to your local church and look around and say, is there a 12-year-old? I could ask their name. I could give them a compliment of some sort, you know, what they're wearing or their smile or how you saw them sing the songs in church, whatever it is. And then just ask them about what can I pray for this week for you? And remember their name the following Sunday and remember to ask them, how did God show up for you this week? And just be an encourager. Everybody wants to be loved and encouraged. And so I think we all have an opportunity to do that for the young people around us. Oh, so good. One of the things that I just so appreciate about you, Shayla, is you are on some of the largest stages in our country and other places. And you were at the prime minister prayer breakfast and all these different things that you've been and just uh, done a tremendous job speaking to masses, speaking to many. And yet what, what I really appreciate is, yes, you lead this big ministry. You have these fancy titles. Um, you have incredible impact as a ministry. But what I've seen in your life is it hasn't changed the one-on-one. -on -one. You, you see the one. And whether it's on a plane, whether it's on, uh, I've heard countless stories from you of this, the, the people that you're in an alpha, you've led an alpha. You're, you're not just saying, hey, we got to get all these people. You you do the ministry and I'll, I'll raise the money and I'll raise up people to do it. You, you're in the trenches saying, okay, God, show me the one. And I think that's just something all of us need to need to do because it can be easy in our lives and our busyness and in the pull of life to go, okay, we're doing these big things, but what about the one? And how have yeah. you kept grounded to that? Well, I think it's because it's a passion for me. I just want to see more people come to know Jesus. And I have always felt this pull to leadership is the right pull that like, I can see why the Lord's done it. But my disappointment is it pulled me out of the trenches with people that don't know Jesus in the, in the way I used to when I first joined into vocational ministry. And so I've purposefully and intentionally cultivated that, whether it was through the pandemic in my neighborhood or online with university students or university friends that I ran alpha with. And it's so life-giving. It fuels my spirit. I'm not a natural big E evangelist. I'm not going to go to some big tent meeting. People aren't going to come to faith like crazy and come forward. Like, that's just not me. I don't hold a placard in front of the law courts downtown. Like, I'm just not that kind of old fashioned or not even old fashioned because it's still very effective evangelist that does that. I just love Jesus so much and I want the world to be set free. I just believe so deeply in it that I don't want to miss out on joining what he's doing in my neighborhood. He's placed me here. He's placed me in my church, in my neighborhood for a purpose that is beyond what I do for Alpha. So I want to be faithful to that. And I'll say uh, to both of you, cultivating your increased love of the Father, increasing uh, your understanding of who he is motivates you every day to stay in vocational ministry long term, to do both the one-to-one -one and the masses. To, you know, as I, as you mentioned, Travis, being able to share my faith with the prime minister and to uh, lead at a prayer breakfast, as well as with my neighbor, like that is really important to me, whomever it is, I just believe Jesus sets people free and he is the way and the truth and the life. And so I want that to ooze out of who I am, but it comes because every morning I spend time in the presence of the Trinity, being filled, being reminded of how good the father is. And from there, I go out into my day. Hmm. That's amazing. Uh, and you're, you're kind of already going down this vein. So I just kind of want to follow it a little bit. But one of the things as a ministry that that we're wrestling with is there's almost this like fear of the word evangelism or fear of the label evangelist. And uh, I'm just curious kind of with what you're seeing uh, and the testimonies that you're hearing, like, what are some of the ways that we can kind of engage with evangelism that's not scary, that kind of maybe some ways demystifies it or removes the label or the title? I know you're already going there, so I just want to dive a little deeper. 
Well, Donovan, I'm just going to tell you, at least in Canada, for all the listeners here in our country, um, the the evangelism statistics are really horrifying. Yeah. 31% of pastors think it's wrong across all church traditions. No difference if you're mainline, Catholic, or evangelical. Uh, 46% of youth pastors and 48% of children's pastors think it's wrong. And so when we look at some of the reasons that they think it's wrong, one of them's methodology, right? A second reason is because they've been hurt by someone who, you know, either offended them or offended someone they were hoping would come to faith in Jesus. And then others have a real theological problem with it. And some of it's culture informed and some of it's biblical uh, illiteracy, right? Like they really don't understand what Jesus was all about and what it means to share our faith. So there's a whole bunch of reasons we could unpack, but definitely to say evangelism has become unpopular is absolutely true. But here's the interesting thing, and this is what I'm wondering about. If the church understood what their role is in evangelism, would would she get reengaged with it without even changing the word? Because, you know, the word means to herald the good news. Well, I don't think we're going to go around saying we'd like you to herald the good news. You know, we haven't found another word because when you say mission, it's so all encompassing. It can include so many different components of how we are to live out the kingdom here on earth. But when we think about evangelism, the best definition I've heard is by Daryl Johnson, who says evangelism is joining a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. And when Christians understand that, they suddenly realize, I am not the first person into the conversation. The spirit of the living God has already started a conversation with this person. My job is to join him. Well, what does that mean? Well, that's a whole different conversation. What does it mean? But also, let's say you completely botch it. Like you say the wrong thing. You thought of what you could have said later that would have been better. You don't need to worry up worry. The Holy Spirit's going to do the follow-up. Now he may invite you into the follow-up, but the Holy Spirit's always going to take what we've said and kind of put it through a filter that helps them understand Jesus. So when we understand the role of the Spirit in evangelism, it should de-escalate fear. Um, it should de-escalate methodology and invite us just to participating in relationship. And then we can use things like Alpha and all sorts of other programs, but <clears throat> the real activation is how do I get involved in what the spirit's already doing around me? That's the hard part. I think is that helpful? Yeah, it's super helpful. And I think it's like, no matter where people are at, no matter what their line of work is, no matter what, like how hostile an environment might be it's that you can have that posture, you know, God, what are you saying? How are you at work? And how can I participate with you? I think I think that'd be really yeah. helpful just almost as a reframe for people. Well, and, and what I'm seeing anyways, uh, is there is so much interest in, in people. Like you told the story about, you know, the student who's had 80 people show up for alpha in his school and like, whoa, the room didn't even fit that many. I've heard of people that are running alpha right now, uh, in Coquitlam, BC, who are like, we didn't do anything different. We've always had 35 guests. We have 90. We don't know what happened. And what we're seeing right across the country is the more the world becomes unsettled, whether it's Russia, Ukraine, and as you're recording this, of course, we're watching Israel and what's happening in Gaza. Um, when we see the economy and the interest rates go up, people are feeling very unsettled. And what happens when people feel very unsettled? They ask deeply spiritual questions about meaning and purpose. And so I love it because I just think, I mean, I don't love what's happening. Let me clarify that. I do not love what's happening, but I love what the Lord can do when he unsettles people from their regular routines and makes them lift their eyes and say, what on earth is happening? Where do I turn? Well, this is where the church and the people of God get to join him and say, come explore, think about who is God? Is there someone actually in charge of all this? Totally. And, and to the other reality is like, we don't, we don't do evangelism on our own. Like we have the Holy Spirit in us, Holy Spirit's gifted us. And so I know that even for, for, uh, for us in our, in our neighborhood, it's like constantly asking, how can we be praying for the people in our neighborhood and even asking Holy Spirit, like, how can we be a part of what you're doing in the lives of the people across the street from us? Right. And, uh, it, and, and it's cool because sometimes like you'll get 
prophetic words or words of knowledge, or you have to be really wise about how you share them with people who don't know Jesus. But, but it's, we're not alone. Like we have the spirit in us and he loves these people and he knows these people and he, he wants to draw them to himself. And I think, I think that it can kind of help get some of the fear out of it when we realize we're not doing this on our own. And it's also, it's not about us. You know, it's that reminder. It's not about us. It's not. And and I think so many times we're like, oh, what am I going to say? What I, You know, and I, I've said this so many times. We're just got to be a really good pointer. You know, in Acts, Peter got up and he pointed to the scripture. He just pointed. He said, this is what's happening. And I think um, as we point, it takes the pressure off of us. We're just pointing to a really good God. Uh, and, um, it, it's, it's interesting how that also, and I don't have to have the answer. I don't have to have it figured out. I don't have to have, I just got to point to what God's done in my life and tell the story. And as, as you tell the story, I was in a Uber, I was telling Donovan this just two weeks ago, three weeks ago in Edmonton in an Uber and, uh, told the story about the, the guy about the gospel. Have you ever heard the gospel? No. And then I said, here's what you do and how you could invite Jesus into your heart. So I walked them through it pulled up to the airport. And as we're at the airport, I explained it. Then I finally said, well, do you want me to do that now? Or do you want to pray with me? He goes, okay. And so we prayed and he asked Jesus to come into his heart. And I explained, hey, this isn't the, this is just the start of the journey. There's more and there's Alpha and there's some next steps for you. And there's some ways that you can learn more. And so but it's, it's just it was almost easy because I just had to ask a question. And so many times in my mind, I know I make it harder than it is. I'm like, they don't want to hear. They don't want to. And it's like, you just ask. And people are like, oh, I, I want to know more. So it, it's cool how the spirit can lead us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's when you're a good listener, you have good questions and you listen well. And you can listen in two directions. One is what is the person actually saying? And you're attentive to that. And you're also listening to the spirit. What is the spirit prompting you to say or do? And so those two things are happening at the same time. Um, and so where, where do you see, as we look out at the landscape of leadership and where it's going, where do you, where do you see the future? As you kind of touched on this of, of, of a young generation, but can, can we dig deeper on that? Where, where do you see the future, say, of Canada, but beyond that? Where, where do you sense God's doing globally right now? Well, that's a very big question, Travis. I think there's a deep unsettling in the church globally for what is real leadership. And is it about uh, being the best activator to, for impact? And I think there's a lot of good things about being activator and impact. I'm one of those people who's like an entrepreneur in vocational ministry. But I think the Lord is looking for faithful servants, faithful friends who will do the will of the Father. And that is um, hard. And one of the things I've come to be attuned to, and I, I don't know if this will make sense to you or to the listeners, but I have realized many people talk about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, about them. And the leaders I want to follow are talking from within them. So they've learned to cultivate a depth of relationship with the Trinity that they speak out of that versus about it. And you start to pick up on language and realize, I want to I want to be led by people that understand what it means to be in the life of the Trinity. And they lead from that place of deep um, intimacy, deep knowledge, deep faithfulness. And then from there, they go out to serve versus they describe what the kingdom looks like and describe the Trinity, but they're not living and indwelling the spirit life. And so I'm starting to pick up on that. And my, I could critique myself for many years, not leading from the place of deep intimacy with the Trinity that then fuels my life of activism and energetic, strategic, futuristic leadership. Like I get all that but I'm more and more disciplined into the intimacy of the Trinity so that as a leader, I live out of that because there you can put a lot of rules around people to hope they'll behave as leaders. And I'm just telling you, sure, they can be helpful, but they're not the silver bullet. The only silver bullet we have is deep intimacy with the Trinity, a healthy, righteous fear of God 
that we lead from that place. And it is so easy to lose it in the busyness of our of our work. Whether you're an engineer, you're a teacher, you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, the reality is the intimacy with the Trinity is the number one priority for all leaders. And it's the first to go, the first to go. It's shocking how many of us in vocational ministry, pastors, church leaders, charity leaders, they long for it, but they can't find the time for it. And I've had to discipline myself to say, okay, this morning, my first meeting was at 6 a.m. So I got up at 4.30 so I could be showered, changed, ready. But I had my time with Jesus. I had my time reading the scriptures. And I'm terrible at that kind of thing. But I've just realized to live out of any other place puts me in danger of not being a faithful friend of the Father to do the work of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. What else would you say, Shayla, to a younger leader? If you were to look at younger Shayla, who wanted to work for the Raptors mm-hmm. and was trying to set out in her leadership mm-hmm. calling, what would you what would you say to her if you could speak to her and say, "Hey, avoid this, do this"? I think I would say to my younger self, uh, "You are whole. You do not need to prove yourself." I think I'd say to my younger self. Um, Live out of the center of the universe. Figure out what that means sooner in your life, not later in your life. Um, And let everything flow from there. And God is so gracious. Like for any of you who are listening, and I don't know if this hits you, Donovan and Travis, but I just know how often I've not been that. So please don't hold me up as someone who's like, well, she's just figured it out. No, I am figuring it out. I am faithful today and maybe not so faithful tomorrow in my morning routine, in my depth of relationship with Jesus. Um, But I really just wish I knew I was whole and free at the deepest level of who I am uh, because of Jesus much earlier in life. I would have led people differently. I would have led myself differently. And it's only now, you know, after I hit 50, that I recognize the deep joy in being free in Jesus um, and to lead from that place. So good. So good. Well, we're going to ask you to uh, pray, and we always do this on every uh, podcast. Uh, just pray and allow the Spirit to lead you to pray for mm-hmm. those that are watching, those that are listening, wherever they are. And um, yeah, just pray whatever God puts on your heart, and uh, would you lead us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love to. Um, so we're going to, if you're driving, please don't do this, but if you're in a place where you can have a posture of open hands, um, I'm just going to invite you to open your hands and let the Spirit just come Um, again, he's with you already. He permanently lives within you, but perhaps you just need a refreshment of his spirit today. And so with hands open, I'm just going to say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, would you come? Father, there are those who are listening today that need your comfort. They need your grace and your mercy. Uh, Father, there are people today that are longing for wholeness and healing at the depths of who they are so that they know that they are whole and free in Christ. And I pray through professional services and through the work of your spirit that you would bring them to the place where they can see who they truly are. And Father, um, we recognize that you are doing great work in this world. Life is far too short. Energy is far too fleeting for us to do anything but do what your spirit is hearing that you want to accomplish in this world. Mm -hmm. And so I pray for everybody here, whether they're in charity sector, whether they're in the church, whether they're in the workplace, um, (coughs) excuse me, uh, as teachers and doctors and business people, Father, you are at work all around. Give us eyes to see now what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying and give us courage to speak what you want us to speak to people around us about the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, use us. Use us in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and in our nation. And may we participate in great ways in your kingdom coming. 
And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for um, spending time with us today and uh, allowing Mm -hmm. us to ask you some questions and just uh, hearing your heart. And I wanted to, if people wanted more on Alpha or to connect with things that you're doing, how how can they connect in? Is there some exciting things that ways they can connect to what's happening with Alpha. Yeah, absolutely. They can connect to alphacanada.org or if you're in the U.S., alphausa.org. You can connect to me on Instagram. Shayla Visser is where you can find me. Um, There's so many good things happening. And if we can serve you as a church leader um, or as someone in the workplace who's like, I want to reach my friends and I need help. How would I even run Alpha? We have coaches that can help you, that will pray for you, that will explain what it is, whether you run it or not, just to give you some understanding because we love to see the church flourish in all its forms across our nation. Well, thank you so much and uh, such an honor to have you. Bless you in Alpha and everything God's put in your hands in this season. Thanks, Travis and Donovan. It was great to be with you. And thank you for such like great questions and really pushing into mm. what season are we living in. This, uh, this time is about voice recognition and our ability to hear the voice of the Spirit above all other voices is critical. And you've really pushed into that. So thank you. Um, it was a delight to be with you both. Well, that was just a great conversation with Shayla. What an incredible story. What an incredible leader. I know I'm stirred in my own leadership and in my own heart uh, just to think about ways that I can be more intentional and ways that I can really dive into and lean into being led by Jesus. Uh, What stood out to you, Trav? Um, I I think uh, just loved all of it. But I really I really resonated when she said, you know, abiding. And I think that's similar to our heart, Donovan, and you know that, and we've both preached on abiding and, and, and being fruit that lasts. And I think um, I think there's something really impactful, like we've seen ministry, we've seen things in this season blow up where leaders have fallen and, 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 and schemes and programs and things don't, don't always uh, last. And yet... Um, how do we be uh, mindful? And it's a, the prayer that we've had. We've had these conversations. How do we be uh, mindful and, and, and stewarding the things that are really important? Like, how, how are we actually um, seeing disciples made? Because life's too hard, she said. It. Life's too to, to, just, to just do this thing if it's not making an impact. And I think that's my prayer for us as resurgence, but that's my prayer for ministries, for, for every single one listening to this as a leader. Like, how do you how do you find your purpose and make your impact? And not the impact that you, the purpose that you think, but what God really has set for you. Because you could be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, a janitor, or a, a teacher, or a pastor. Um, we all have a purpose. And mm-hmm. it's not just working for someone else or doing, it's, it's God, what is your purpose in what you've placed me to do? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's what I'm reflecting on is, is how, do we, how do we be fruit that lasts? How do we produce fruit that lasts? Yeah, and I, I love what she said about taking that step of faith when we we know that God's calling us into that fruit that lasts. What is the vision that's bigger than what we can accomplish on our own? Like, I just, I'm, I'm often stirred by that and often think about that in my own leadership of like, where am I going that will totally fall apart if God doesn't come through? And it's just so cool to hear how even Youth Alpha was birthed out of that posture, right? That obedient response to God that, that there's something else. And now it's just, you're just seeing amazing fruit because of the faith that w- that li- was lived out. And so, yeah, I, I don't know about you that are listening, but what is that vision? What is that dream that God's put on your heart? Maybe, maybe just prayerfully let that come back to the surface and say, God, how can I start pursuing this thing? And uh, let's just watch what God does as all the, the, the people that listen to this pursue their dreams. I think God's got some really cool things in store. Yeah, even as you said that, Donovan, is before you said it, I felt like we should just, I should even say something similar to that. I feel like this is a a holy moment that the Spirit is leading, that maybe there's a dream that God's put on your heart and you're listening. 
would you have faith again for that dream? Would you start to go, God, what is the thing that's bigger than I can accomplish? Because, you know, we're all very talented people. And I bet you everyone that's listening to this has a lot of abilities and gifts, whether you recognize it or not. And you can make a lot of stuff happen. But what is the thing that can only happen if God shows up? And so, Father, I yeah. even pray right now that you would mm-hmm. bring to our minds today the thing that we're supposed to invest and go after in this season. The thing that mm-hmm. only you can get done, God, because it's got to be by your spirit. It's got to be a supernatural thing. So God, show us what that is. Show us how to position our lives, our hearts, our leadership mandates. God, put us in the right spot and, and mm-hmm. put our heart attuned to what you're doing afresh today. Mm-hmm. Amen. So good. So good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Those of you who are listening, it's been a real joy to be able to uh, speak into your life and ask questions. Uh, Hopefully these are helpful questions. Uh, But like we always say at the end of each episode, if there's things you're thinking about or questions that you have about leadership and and being spirit empowered, we'd love to to hear from you. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, You can do that through our social media feed at Live Resurgence on Instagram. You can do it through our website, www.liveresurgence.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And see you next time on the Spirit Empowered Leader. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Spirit Empowered Leader podcast. We hope that this podcast has encouraged you as an empowered leader. This podcast is brought to you by Resurgence Initiatives. Our mandate is to revive churches, release leaders, and reach people. We are on a journey, and the dream God has put in our heart involves you. Learn more at liveresurgence.com or on Instagram at liveresurgence.